Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'm Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. It's time for another female first, which means we are once again so lucky to be joined by our good friend, Eves. Hi, Eves. Hey, y'all. What's up? (laughs) We are so excited to see you as always. You've been doing some traveling, haven't you? I have. Just a little bit. Spreading my wings a little. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gotta spread those wings eventually. My mom, I talked to my mom yesterday and she was like, are you still like a hermit in your apartment? And I said, absolutely, yes, I am. <laughs> Nothing has changed on my end. Yeah. But I am feeling it, especially now, like the weather, it's spring, it's nice outside. Yeah. And I've been feeling that want to go and yeah. spread my wings, as you say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I went like 90s or early 2000s pop with the reference of spreading the wings, but um, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. I, I, it's the I same mean, for me. It's the weather that gets me in the mood. I'm like, you know, ready to take the top off. Oh, and the Jeep. <laughs> well, that too. Because, <laughs> but, get it. Ready to take the top you off, do the Jeep, to be clear. <laughs> yes. And you know, get a little bit of sunlight and fresh air on the skin, mm-hmm. a little bit of hammock time. Ooh, right. You yeah. know, my birthday's coming up. So yeah. it's like, Ooh. it's a lot of things that makes me a little, you know, more rejuvenated around this time of year. So <laughs> it was good to start this time with a little bit of, a little bit of travel. Nice. nice. Yeah. The sun has finally come out. We are now, we are now spring forward. So we have a little more daylight, so that feels nice, except at the same time, awful, because I want to sleep. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's that sun and warmth. I actually was on a rooftop this weekend, acting like things were normal, <laughs> threw me off, and I realized I don't know how to behave <laughs> in public. 
Yeah. But, hey, the sun was nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, yes. And Eves, I was going to ask, because your birthday is coming up as we record this. Did you, do you have any plans? Anything you're excited about? Um, Not really, honestly. I mean, I think the travel did kind of wear me out. Like, I, I want to chill at home yeah. for a little bit. So I will, you know, probably do a little dancing. But um, listening to music, you know, being Ooh. celebratory yes. in those ways. But I don't have any plans to go anywhere, to go anywhere, anything. Just the usual. Being at home feels nice, you know, <laughs> even though I've been at home for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, it's just being settled. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like being home and then being home and intentionally doing something you want, mm-hmm. like relaxing, especially now since a lot of us. And this business, anyway, are working from home all the time. So I think, like, taking that time intentionally of being, I'm not working. This is my my time to relax and be me and do what I want. It's important. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> it's is. True. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm going to um, do a half-day meditation sit this weekend that Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, um, I don't know if people are familiar with her, but... She does half-day sits sometimes, so I have, it's been a while since I've done one of those, and I'm just like, I really need to get back into my longer meditation practices, because typically I keep them pretty short as a matter of convenience, because I'm like, I know that this is a yeah. thing that, you know, if you have five minutes, take the five minutes, and I do that a lot, right? <laughs> and I used to have kind of, because, you know, I've just kind of gotten used to that, telling myself, I know I'm in my practice because... I'm doing the five minutes <laughs> and I'm just like the longer practices have kind of gone by the wayside. So I want to get back into that. So I'm looking forward to that. That's, I think, recentering. Like my birthday, the start of a new year, personal year, is a good time to think about recentering and grounding mm-hmm. myself again and like what I want in the upcoming, my upcoming personal year. And that's one of those things. So that's not the most flashy thing <laughs> to do to celebrate your birthday. It's a lot of discipline. Like like to actually do that length of meditation, I'm not gonna lie, it makes me a little anxious thinking about it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> that I mean, it takes a lot of discipline. Like, I, the most I can do is 10 minutes. And even then, I'm like, maybe I just, maybe I can find the two minute one. Can I find the two minute one? What's the two minute <laughs> yeah. one? I just wanna that works you. too. <laughs> Which still feels yeah. like, uh. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, you get up, usually there's time for walking meditation in between periods of seated meditation. Right. Because, I mean, <laughs> the bones aren't like they used to be. <laughs> the joints aren't like they used to the be. Bones. The bones. The bones. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, you know, it's it can be a lot to sit for a long time. <laughs> so, you know, you can really cater <laughs> cater it to what you need for your own body and your own personal practice. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, happy, happy early birthday from us here at Smith D. I'm sure all the listeners are sending you birthday wishes. <laughs> Uh, maybe there's more champagne and cheesecake in our future, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. Yes. Uh, for now, why don't we jump in? Who did you bring for us today, Eve? So I just want to give a content warning at the top of this episode because there is mention of racial violence. So if that is something that you're sensitive to, please skip this episode or come back to it at a time when you feel like you're more ready to listen to it. So today we're going to be talking about Hovita Idar. And her first was, she was the, the founder and the first president of the Liga Femenil Mexicanista. So 
that is her first. Um, and she has a super interesting history. And I think Spanish has just been on the brain because where I've been traveling, there have been Spanish-speaking countries. So maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why. But I also <laughs> feel like we haven't touched on a lot of... I've been trying to bring people from countries that we haven't touched on before. And I don't think we've talked about Mexican history. And even if we have, it definitely hasn't been a lot. So as you can tell by the title Liga Femenil Mexicanista. Um, She was of Mexican descent. Um, She was born on September 7th, 1885 in Laredo, Texas. She had seven siblings and her parents were Jovita and Nicasio Idar. Um, Her family had, she did grow up getting an education. So there were, education was a big topic of concern for her later in her life as we get into the things that she was active around. But it was also something that a lot of people of Mexican descent in Texas did not have access to. And when they did, it wasn't, it was education in the many forms that we know. So when we think of our education in the United States, it's specifically when it comes to history and when it comes to people who are of marginalized identities, The history is told from a singular perspective a lot of the times. It's Anglo-centric. It can be propagandistic when it comes to the way that it speaks about wars. So it was then and it is today. (laughs) It is today still, as we often say, something that people were aware of and conscious of and really against the way that education was posed to children who were in school. But yeah, she did have access to education. She attended the Holding Institute, which was a Methodist school in Laredo. And she earned a teaching certificate from the school in 1903. And after that, she went on to teach at a school in Ojuelos in Southern Texas. But she soon left and went to work with her brothers and fathers. It's told that the way that the conditions were in the school and what she cared about and the values that she had drove her to leave the school. Her father, Nicasio, was a newspaper editor and a publisher and an activist. He was also a Laredo city marshal and a justice of the peace. So their family was heavily involved in the community activism spaces and and political spaces as well. It's something that they worked on separately and as a family. So it's definitely like a family venture to be engaged and actually active in the things that they cared about, whether that was in the form of communication through newspapers or activism in political circles. Mm -hmm. So the name of the paper that her father was an editor of was La Cronica, um, which would be like the Chronicle in English. It covered those issues that they cared about and that were important to many Mexican-Americans in Texas. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. A little background on what Mexican-Americans were dealing with at the time. They faced discrimination in the 19th century, as there was that the Mexican-American War ended in 1848. And then white Americans continued to move to the West this history of manifest destiny and like kind of quote unquote conquering the lands as white Americans moved westward in the country. There were a lot of conflicts between white Americans and Mexican Americans. And this continued into the 20th century. There were lots of disputes that included violence. White Americans who weren't of Mexican descent were acquiring land off of people in Texas who were of Mexican descent. And segregation and disenfranchisement were a big part of that history as well. They used those tactics to gain power in Texas. And particularly on the Mexico-Texas border, there was violence. So Texas had the most instances of mob violence against Mexican-Americans. And there is a huge history of lynchings on Mexican-Americans in Texas. As with other lynchings, the purported causes could be, they could range anywhere from, like, this person committed murder against an Anglo-American or something super insignificant, like they cheated in a card game. So as we know, the history of, well, I don't know, I can't assume that everybody knows the history of lynchings, but a lot of times mob violence murder, like gruesome murder. And then in the aftermath of that murder, gruesome, gruesome displays of that murder were meted out against people who were deemed to have done something wrong in their eyes, whether that thing was actually happened or didn't actually happen. So there was a huge history of lynchings against Mexican-Americans at the time. And you can learn a lot more about that history at refusingtoforget.org, which has talked about a lot of it. But just know that in the early 1900s, 
they faced this physical violence as well as voter suppression tactics. And there was this mythologizing of people of Mexican descent in the United States around them being threats and that they needed to be feared because they were going to link up with Black folks and start revolts. A lot of propagandizing around Mexican-Americans being dangerous people based on their color, based on their race. So they were treated as lower class, as inferior, as people, as was shown through those lynchings, who many white Americans would prefer did. But moving on from that history and back to how Jovita Idar's history is related to it, La Cronica, the newspaper that I mentioned earlier that her father edited, was invested in documenting the civil rights issues that their family cared about that the and that Mexican-Americans in Texas faced. So Jovita was exposed to these political, economic, and social issues early on and all the activism and advocacy that her family was involved with against these injustices. She wrote articles criticizing the conditions of Tejanos or Texans of Mexican descent using the pseudonym Estrella so she could keep her image quote unquote clean, you know, because she was still a woman writing about these things that she was very impassioned about. So it was helpful for her to write under a pseudonym. Jovita Idar also wanted schools to focus on teaching the children Spanish and English and she wanted them to teach Mexican and Mexican-American history in addition to the history that they usually taught, which was very Anglo-centric. So she also wrote about racism and anti-Mexican discrimination and poverty and a lot of the issues that Mexican-Americans were facing in Texas at the time. And beyond the news and essays that were in the newspaper, La Cronica also published literary works like poetry. In September of 1911, the Idar family organized a conference that was called the Congreso Mexicanista in response to the racism and discrimination and violence that people were facing at the time. There were leaders from the U.S. and from Mexico who joined the conference. And just after that Congress, Idar established La Liga Femenil Mexicanista, the League of Mexican Women. Members were mostly of the working class, which was something that was important because a lot of the time, people who were of the working class didn't have as much of a voice in a lot of the political goings on. The Liga focused on providing education for impoverished Mexican-American children, and it also provided food and clothing to people. They did events to raise funds for their charity work. And she advocated for women's suffrage, and she wrote about it in La Cronica. Idar was also involved in nursing. So she, during the Mexican Revolution in 1913, after the attack on Nuevo Laredo, which is just on the other side of the Mexican-American border, right across from Laredo, on the U.S. side, Jovita went to Mexico to help care for the injured there. And later she joined La Cruz Blanca or the White Cross. And she traveled in northern Mexico, volunteering as a nurse. And a little on the history of La Cruz Blanca, 
what it was a volunteer service that was similar to the Red Cross. It was created to help people who had been hurt in the conflict, but the Red Cross itself didn't help insurgents. So the people who were in the forces who were opposed to the dictatorship of Porfirio Diaz, the Red Cross did not help them. So La Cruz Blanca did. A brigade of La Cruz Blanca was founded by Leonor Villegas de Magnon, who was friends with Jovita Idar, and she also wrote for La Cronica. So eventually, Idar went back to Texas. She joined the editorial staff of a newspaper called El Progreso. And when it published a piece criticizing U.S. involvement in the Mexican Revolution, the governor of Texas ordered Texas Rangers to destroy the paper. So Texas Rangers were also a part of committing the violence that was inflicted upon Mexicans and Mexican-Americans that I spoke about earlier around the lynchings. But yeah, so they came to destroy the paper. She tried to block them from doing so. And I feel like this is one of those stories that (laughs) is so good at like mythologizing a person because it's her being an upstanding being and you know, standing in the way, like to, to demand justice in a way, because you can kind of imagine her in the power post saying, do not come here. You will not destroy (laughs) this free press. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it was one of those, those moments. And she tried to block them from doing so. They left and then came back and it was destroyed. But her brother, Eduardo, like I said, her family was also super involved in activism her brothers. One of her brothers was Eduardo. He was invested in the causes that she cared about, including women's rights. She and Eduardo established another newspaper called Evolucion. And in 1917, she married Bartolo Juarez. She and her husband moved to San Antonio in Texas. And according to author Nancy Baker Jones, she was an active member of the Democratic Party, When she was there, she established a kindergarten. Um, She worked as an interpreter for Spanish-speaking patients in a hospital. And she was editor of a publication of the Methodist Church. And so she continued to do a lot of the similar types of work that she was involved in when she was in Laredo. Idar died in San Antonio in June of 1946. And... The Federico Idar and Idar family papers are located in the Nettie Lee Benson Latin American Collection at the University of Texas at Austin. And it has photos and documents of the family. And yeah, so her history has been acknowledged and celebrated in certain ways in the work that she did in some of the early feminist organizing and for Mexican-American people is acknowledged. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer... 
Yeah. Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Her story is really amazing, and she was involved in so much different things. I was reading, and I was like, oh, wow, she did this newspaper thing. Oh, wow, she was a nurse. Oh, wow, she was a teacher. Like, just very, you can tell, cared about people and cared about these issues and mm-hmm. wanted to make the most impact and to connect with the most people and very, very inspiring all that she did. I, I love that when we talk about people who are missing in the conversation of the suffragette movement and the big names that we know. And here is one who is iconically doing something that was beyond, and it seems alone. She was doing it, but it, I don't know. It's because I'm just learning about her because you're bringing her to us. And I'm like, what? This is in Texas. And yeah, you can't help but like play the fact that this is like, the West, the bad, the you know, like the big bad West area where it, it does feel like it's a little more free for all. In my head, I've watched way too many Westerns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in my mind, I'm like, and she was out there really bringing out some big conversations about what it is to have the women's right to vote and the fact that women should be educated. And if a woman is educated, then that means it's going to help everyone overall. And having these like uh, amazing breakthrough ideas that seem so bit like, Actually, it doesn't because, again, kind of same conversations I've had before as the pessimist of like, oh, look, we're here still. We're still here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But (laughs) the fact that she was there and standing tall. Yes, in my head, she's also standing tall in front of that door, (laughs) blocking whomever is trying to get in the way Mm -hmm. uh, to destroy her work. Like that that is like an iconic picture in my head now. I I don't want it to be ruined ever. (laughs) <laughs> but like that, that she was doing this and seemingly while one movement, the same movement was happening so far away, she was doing it for her area and really truly fighting as a voice, uh, as a Mexican-American voice who, yes, has relative privilege. But at the same time, she's still a Mexican woman who was not white. So that in itself yeah. was a barrier for her. But she was standing strong. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I think so. And And a lot of the histories that she was 
connected to also are super interesting to dive into because La Cruz Blanca, an organization that was started by women as well, you know, they have their own histories of the work that they did that was also super important at the time. And just knowing that her family was so established in in the work that they did was is also just like it seems like she was linked to so many different kind of circles of people who have fascinating histories as well, which is like, I love that. I love when that happens when we're doing these female first, because it just gives you more room to fall into the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like ones you didn't know about. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I love that too. In this story, there's multiple instances of, oh, that doesn't exist. I'll do it then. Of like women being like, oh, wait, what? Then I'll start it. That's always, that's always fun too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I did get to see this picture of her and her family at the press. um, And she's the only woman standing Mm -hmm. aligned. And I'm like, oh my God. Like she really, they (laughs) they as a family unit seem to be a powerhouse. And that's phenomenal in itself because not too often our stories share the fact that you have that support. And not only that, like having that support and her being a leader. And I don't know if she was seen as a leader then, but the fact that she had so much support and now today, at least, when we talk about her, we talk about her as the leader at that point in time. But having that background support of whether Eduardo was right there, like, yeah, let's talk about voting rights, but let's talk about women's rights. I'm with you. Let's go, sis. You know, like, it mm-hmm. seems like such a great mm-hmm. story. Maybe, again, I'm idealizing it. I've been watching too many Disney movies in my head, but that's okay. Like, <laughs> it's also very encouraging to know that she did have that support, even talking about the fact that she took care of her sister's children after her sister died. Like all of that support, familial support uh, seems also very important to her and why she's doing it was very evident because of the large family she had and who she was supposed to represent and who she wanted better for better uh, in her life. So it's, it's, yeah, this feels like a Disney movie, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I think every episode of Female First, Samantha, you have a movie pitch at the end. I can't, I can't help it. Their stories are great and they're not wrong. (laughs) Is it embellished? Yes. But in my head, like, could it be? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think we could get together, make a whole like series about this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a PBS documentary. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, well, anything else you want to add before we wrap up, Eves? No, I think that is all I got for today. All right. Well, thanks as always for bringing these amazing stories to us. Happy early birthday again. Thank you. Where can the good listeners send their birthday messages? (laughs) (laughs) Send them to at not apologizing on Instagram, at Eve's Jeffco on Twitter. And you can also hear me on many other episodes of Female First right here on Sminty. And that's all. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming up on our 50th. I think we'll have to do something else. Another celebration. Did we actually count it this time? No, but I feel I sense it. (laughs) I sense it in my bones. The instinct is. Yes. Yes. The instinct is telling me it's time for another celebration. Okay. I mean, I'm down for that. (laughs) All right. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, thanks as always for joining us, Eves. We look forward to doing another one in the coming month. In the meantime, listeners, if you would like to 
email us. You can. Our email is Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.